Good morning and welcome to our online service here at Shawnee Baptist Church. Thank you for taking time to worship with us this morning. There's something different in the air. It's Sunday. Would you sing it out there with me from your home this morning? There's something different in the air. It's Sunday. My heart is eased of its care on Sunday. I can hardly wait to be in church with folks who care for me. Hallelujah, amen, it's Sunday. There's something different in the air, it's Sunday. I love the preaching of the word on Sunday. Jesus is so good to me, for he died to set me free. it is to be here this morning. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege that we have uh, to worship in our homes this morning, to bring honor and glory to your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, it is my prayer this morning that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and lives in a very special and unique way. I pray that if there's one listening this morning that does not know your son, Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior, that they would find their hope at the cross and the empty tomb. What a blessing it is to be able to worship together this morning. And Father, we do ask that you'd meet with us in a powerful, special way. And we'll be sure to give you the honor and glory for it. In the name of your son, Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. All right, let's sing praise him, praise him. Let's sing the first and the last. Sing it with me this morning. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Tell Him, tell Him, highest archangel in glory. Strength and honor give to His holy name. Like a shepherd. Jesus will guard his children in his arms. He carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him. Tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him. Ever in joyful song. Praise him, praise him. Jesus, our blessed Heavenly portals, loud with Hosanna sing. Jesus, Savior, reigneth forever and ever. Crown him, crown him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Let's sing together also this morning. Count your many blessings. Sing it out with me if you would. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, 
When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God had done. A short-term missionary was on a trip to the island of Tobago. On the final day of leading worship in the leper colony, he asked if anyone had a favorite song. When he did, a woman turned around he saw the most disfigured face he'd ever seen. She had no ears, no nose, and her lips were gone. But she raised her fingerless hand and asked, could we sing Count Your Many Blessings? The missionary started the song, but he couldn't finish. Someone later commented, I suppose you'll never sing that song again. He answered, no, I'll sing it again, just never in the same way. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God had done. Blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God had done. Let's sing it chorus one more time. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God had done. Count your blessings. God had done. Once again, it's a joy for you to be here this morning. If you are watching by way of Facebook, I'd like you to ask you this morning to comment uh, below with who is there gathered together with you worshiping this morning. If you have your Bible, I want you to take it to Psalm 107, Psalm 107. We're starting a new series this morning. I figured we'll probably be worshiping this way for at least a few more weeks, depending on when things open up. And so we're looking this morning at a new series called Essential Christianity. Essential Christianity. We're going to start there in Psalm 107 this morning. But before we look at Scripture, we'd ask Mrs. Brittany Pierman if she would come and sing for us a special this morning. Something I 
Thank you, Miss Brittany, for that special Psalm 107. We're looking this morning at essential Christianity. And join me there in verse number one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, the psalmist writes, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north, and from the south, they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. And verse number eight, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works in the children of Men, let's have a word of prayer together. Father, once again, we come to you recognizing that we need you. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you uh, for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And we thank you that because of him, we have access to your throne, that when we need mercy, when we need grace, uh, we can come before you. And this morning, we do need help. We'd ask that you'd allow your Holy Spirit to make practical application to our lives through your word this morning. And Father, it is also my prayer that if there's one uh, listening that does not know your son Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that today would be the day of their salvation. Uh, Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would guide my mouth and tongue and our hearts and minds as we listen this morning. Would you do a special work? And we'll be sure to thank you and praise you for it. In the name of your son Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. We are all well aware of the current events in our country. And uh, in an effort... To slow the spread of the virus, a month ago, uh, the president and local leaders came out with uh, things that were essential and non-essential. 
And a very, very tough list to deem businesses and things in our communities either essential or non-essential and treating those two things different ways. A tough decision that very honestly costs millions of Americans temporarily their jobs. Let me say this morning, every job is essential to the person with the job. But I understand tough decisions need, needed to be made. And I also understand that there's a, a sense of responsibility for all of us as Americans to do our part. Now, we might not certainly agree with everything that was deemed essential and non-essential. For instance, I believe the meeting of God's people in church is very essential. But we're doing our part by way of coming online this morning. There's an underlying current that we have a whole lot more than what we have to have to live. I think that is definitely one takeaway for the things going on in our society that uh, we do a lot of things that we don't necessarily need to do. And our lives, at least this past month, have been made much simpler. I think that is one thing that jumped off the pages to me on our missions trip in January to Tanzania. We met people with far less than a tenth of what we have as Americans. And yet they possess the same joy, if not a deeper joy and a deeper gratitude than we do. Honestly, on that trip, there was times that uh, I was embarrassed that I possessed so much and yet these people had so very little. Truly, I realized in that trip that there was a whole lot of things a part of my life that were not as important. They were non-essentials in my life. And I believe many of us that trip realized uh, that there was far more non-essential things in our lives than probably we would ever care to admit. Maybe that is one of the blessings that comes from this pandemic, uh, a greater sense of value for things that truly matter in life. Now, even as Christians, we find ourselves giving more time to things that are less essential than other things. Notice what I said. Less essential, not non-essential. Anything that we find in the word of God for us to do as believers, for us to practice as Christians, is most certainly essential. But there are some things that are not as essential as others. Anything that scripture tells us is essential, but some things are more essential. And scripture gives us some insight into this thought. Jesus addresses the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23. And in verse number 23, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These things ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. He told the Pharisees, you have been so specific with counting garden spices for your tithe and you've omitted, you've put off some things that were more essential, judgment and mercy and faith. He wasn't telling them to stop tithing. He was telling them 
to start caring more about the more essential things in life. Paul addresses Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. We looked at this verse weeks ago for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Paul was not saying to Timothy that you need to stop bodily exercise. No, he was saying bodily exercise is not as essential as spiritual exercise, as godliness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we read a beautiful chapter about the subject matter of charity, love. And there, as uh, Paul closes, he says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. There's faith, hope, and charity. And if you're wondering uh, which one is the most essential out of those uh, three things, it's charity. You see, there are things that are essential and there's things that uh, are less essential. And it's important for you and it's important for me as a Christian to keep the most essential things at the forefront of our Christian practice. So we will take time to look at essential Christianity and the area of essential Christianity I believe the Holy Spirit would have us address this morning is the matter of gratitude. Gratitude. Thankfulness and readiness to show appreciation and action for something done in our lives. To show that a kindness received is valued. Gratitude, thankfulness, praise. And gratitude is most certainly an essential part of the Christian's life. Now, sometimes people ask me as a pastor, Pastor, what is God's will for my life? Now, that is a very difficult question to answer. I am not God. Neither do I ever want to play God in somebody's life. But one thing I can most assuredly say this morning is that most certainly, most positively, without a doubt, God's will is for you to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 18 uh, Paul writes there to the church at Thessalonica, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. God's will for you this morning and God's will for me this morning is to be thankful, to be grateful for the things that God does in our lives. Somebody said when joy and prayer are married, their firstborn child is gratitude. A.W. Tozer wrote, Gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God, and it is one that the poorest of us can make and be not poorer, but richer for having made it. We come to our text passage this morning, Psalm 107, and it starts with this exhortation in verse number one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Then in the most beautiful of poetry, the psalmist gives us four scenarios in which someone found themselves in a predicament and they cried for help and the Lord delivered them. In verses two through seven, we find a weary 
and perplexed traveler who cries for help and the Lord delivers them out of their distresses. In verses 10 through 14, we find a physical and a spiritual prisoner locked up in chains looking for deliverance and forgiveness. And that prisoner cries out for help and finds forgiveness, finds rescue. There in verses 17 through 20, we have a sick and dying man who cries out for healing and the Lord brings healing and the, bring, the Lord brings restoration in his life. In verses 23 through 30, we have a sailor, a, a seaman who finds himself in a storm with no help and is at the wit's end of life. But he cries out to the Lord for rescue. And the Lord calms the storm and brings him safe to his destination. After each one of these scenarios, the psalmist makes the same excited plea to you and I, the reader. Four different times in verse 8, 15, 21, and 31, the psalmist will go on to say, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. What do we call praise for an action performed or appreciation of. What do we call that? Gratitude, the subject of our mourning. We could say it this way today, oh, that men would be grateful for what God does in their life. Gratitude is most certainly an essential part of the Christian's life. There are three things this morning to consider about gratitude that I believe the psalmist teaches us here in this passage. Let me walk through these three things this morning and then we'll take a minute at the end to make application. Number one, gratitude is a personal decision we must all make. Let me say that again. Gratitude is a personal decision that we must all make. Look there with me. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Being grateful is a choice that we make, just like our choice this morning to eat breakfast and uh, what clothes we wore. You see, this morning we chose to eat breakfast or we chose not to eat breakfast. It was not a matter for most of us if we could or could not eat breakfast. It's would we take the time to eat it this morning or not? And I'm so glad this morning I chose to make the decision to eat breakfast, pancakes, with chocolate chips in them. Come on now, that was exciting. That was a choice that was made. This morning you chose what to wear to the online service this morning. Some of you maybe got dressed up. Some of you maybe just a little bit more casual and yet others still might be in their pajamas this morning. That was your choice. You had a decision to make. And the same is true here. You will be the one to decide if you express gratitude or not. The verse does not read this morning, oh, that men could praise the Lord. It's not a matter of could or could not have gratitude. You can have gratitude. The question is, will you have gratitude for what God does? In Luke chapter 17, Jesus is passing through a certain village in Galilee, and he comes across to 10 lepers. These 10 lepers meet Jesus there in the way, and they've kept their distance, 
and they yelled, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What were they saying? Jesus, we have a leprosy. Father, we're, Jesus, we're unclean. Master, we know that you can do something about it. Would you take time to have mercy on us? Would you take time to heal us? Jesus so kindly tells them to go their way and to go to the priest. And as they went, the Bible says that these 10 men were healed from their leprosy. Wow, what a miracle. How exciting for these 10 men to be able to go back to their families and their children and their workplaces. They have been healed. They have been made whole. We read there in Luke chapter 17, verse number 15, and one of them. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his, Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. You see, all 10 had the opportunity to be grateful, but only one made the personal decision to come back to Jesus and thank and praise him for the miracle performed on his life. You know, there's not one listening to the sound of my voice this morning that does not have much to be grateful for. God has been so good to you and I. Would you decide to praise him for his goodness? Would you be thankful for what he is doing? Would you make the choice this morning to be grateful to our heavenly father? First of all, gratitude is a personal decision we must all make. Second of all, gratitude is a decision based on reality. Let me say it again. Gratitude is a decision based on reality. The psalmist says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He was not asking them to be grateful for what may come. He was not asking them to be grateful for what might be. He was encouraging them to be grateful for the goodness they had already seen, for the wonderful works that they had already experienced. The psalmist gave examples for the readers of things in which to be grateful. Maybe one of those examples fits you this morning. Maybe you were lost, trying to figure out what's next in life at the bottom of the barrel with nowhere else to turn. And so you decided to turn to the Lord. And God has changed your life. And this morning you could testify of gratitude and praise for a God who reached low to pull you up. Maybe it was a life bound in chains spiritual and physical prison, caught in an addiction. You sought for forgiveness. You cried to the Lord for deliverance. And this morning, you are a different person because of it. As Paul says to the church at Corinth, such were some of you, but ye are washed. You are different. Maybe this morning, you were the one in the past who needed healing. 
So you came to the great physician and he brought healing in your life. And this morning, you could praise him. You can lift him up. You could be grateful for the healing that he has made take place in your life. Maybe you've been that sailor in the storm of life. Life with its winds and waves have had even you at your wit's end. Unable to reach the shore on your own and in despair, you cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord spoke peace in your situation. He calmed your fear and he brought you back near to the shore where he wanted you. You see, this morning, I'm not asking you to be grateful for things that haven't happened. I'm not asking you to be grateful for what might take place weeks from now or years from now or, or months from now. I'm asking you to be grateful this morning for the things that you have already seen. What has God done for you? What have you seen that you have not yet been grateful for? God has been so good. We've already experienced God's goodness in our life. As a matter of fact, this morning, if God didn't do one more thing for me or for my family, let me say today, God has been good. Christian, you have seen his hand at work. If you've experienced his love, if you've observed his grace, if this morning you have been a recipient of his mercy, if you have tested his long suffering, if you have tasted his goodness this morning, have you expressed gratitude? Have you taken time to be grateful for your present reality? We hear the song, I've got so much to thank him for. I've got so much to thank him for, so much to praise him for, you see. He's been so good to me. And when I think of what he's done and where he has brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. And let me say this morning, in your own present reality, in your own present situation, you have so much to be grateful for. Number one, gratitude is a personal decision we must all make. Number two, gratitude is a decision based on reality. Number three this morning, gratitude changes your life. Gratitude can change your life. We read here in verse eight, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. That word, oh, at the beginning, the psalmist starts verse number one with it, and he'll use it many times throughout this particular passage, but there in verse number eight, that word, oh, signifies excitement. It signifies passion. The truth is this morning, the psalmist so desires for you to get the experience, uh, for you to experience the joy of gratitude for yourself. The writer speaks with excitement because he himself has been the beneficiary of gratitude. The writer uh, will go on and for 42 verses, we read this exercise of gratitude to praise God for his goodness and for his works. And then the psalmist concludes there in verse number 43. Whoso is wise and will observe 
these things. The person who is listening this morning and the person who will observe, the person who will put these things, this matter of gratitude into practice, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. What is he saying this morning? There is extra for the grateful. There is extra for the grateful. Psalm chapter 50, verse number 23, David will write, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. God has something extra for the one who praises him, for the one who glorifies him, for the one who comes back in gratitude. Think about it, humanly speaking, this morning. Who would you rather do more for? Would you rather do more for the one who is grateful or for the one who is ungrateful? If you've been a parent, if you have children, you know what it's like at times to have a child be grateful and for a child to be ungrateful. Let me ask you, which one would you rather give just a little bit extra to, the grateful or the ungrateful? Such is the case with our Heavenly Father. He'd much rather you and I be grateful for His goodness and for the things that He has done in our lives. If you must have another example this morning, there in Luke chapter number 17, when we read about the story of the lepers and the 10 leaving and being healed and the one man coming and bringing praise back to God, Jesus says there in verse number 17, and Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. It wasn't that these other nine men found themselves to be leprous again. Jesus gave more to the one who came back. He wasn't speaking about being whole as a person. He was speaking about being whole as a cleansed sinner. Your faith to come back and to fall before me and to bring gratitude before me has brought you out now, a saved individual. You have been not only made physically whole, you have been made spiritually whole. You see, gratitude changes a life. Let me wrap this up with three quick applications for us today. Number one, take time to praise him. Take time to be grateful. It is essential Christianity. You know, if we don't learn to be grateful now, to praise him for what he has done today, you are going to learn in heaven. Revelation chapter five, verse number 13 tells us, and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessed, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. 
Uh, one day when we stand before our Savior, when we stand before our Heavenly Father, we will praise Him, we will thank Him, we will one day be grateful. Why not start today? The very best time to start this attitude of gratitude is now. Take time this week to thank Him. Take time to praise him. Walk through your day tomorrow with great gratitude for the things that God is doing and has done in your life. Number one, we said, take time to praise him. Be grateful now. It's essential Christianity. Number two, learn to be grateful before difficult times. Learn to be grateful before difficult times. Far too many times we find ourselves expressing gratitude after something or someone is gone. Learn to praise him before something is taken away. Learn to praise him in great times. Learn to thank him before going through the trial. My guess is this morning, many of you feel the same way as I do. I'm far more grateful today for the assembly of God's people than I was before this pandemic. I'm really not sure how many times I woke up on a Sunday morning thanking God for another opportunity to assemble as the church. Now, now don't misunderstand me, I love the church. It is a great joy of mine to come and worship with God's people and and honestly, if you'd ask me, Pastor, what do you miss the most about things going on? It's you. It's the opportunity to, not, it's the, the missing of not being able to meet and fellowship and, and encourage one another and provoke one another to good works. I don't know how many times I woke up and thank God on a Sunday morning for the opportunity to assemble. But I do know this. I have far more gratitude today than I did before. Don't let things have to be taken away from you for you to be grateful for them. May we take time now to exercise this matter of gratitude. First, we said, take time to praise and be grateful now. Second of all, learn to be grateful before difficult times. And lastly, this morning as we close, Learn to be grateful in difficult times. Learn to be grateful in difficult times. As a matter of fact, it's difficult times like the ones we find ourselves in today that provide great opportunities for us to prove our real gratitude. So you look through Psalm 107. Find out that a tragedy, a problem, a difficulty, a circumstance comes and coming out of it, there's great gratitude. Learn to be grateful today in difficult times. Lewis Albert Banks tells a story of an elderly Christian man, a fine singer, who learned that he had cancer of the tongue and that surgery was required. In the hospital, after everything was ready for the operation, the man said to the doctor, are you sure that this is necessary? Are you sure that I will never 
sing again? The surgeon found it difficult to answer that question. He simply, he simply shook his head no. The patient then asked if he could just have one more moment. He said, I've had many good times singing praises to my God. And now you tell me that I'll never sing again. I have one song and that song will be my last. It'll be of gratitude and praise to God. And there that morning in the doctor's presence, the man sang softly a hymn written by Isaac Watts, I'll praise my maker while I have breath. And when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler power. If I only have one more song, it's gonna be a song of gratitude to my God. Christian, have you been grateful? Gratitude is essential to Christianity. Maybe the case that this week, our wonderful Father hears songs of praise, words of praise from grateful Christians. Maybe you're watching this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. We gave many illustrations from Psalm 107 how people found themselves lost and in distress and in despair. Let me say this morning, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you are lost. The Bible says you're not saved. The Bible says that you're on your way to eternal punishment in hell. And I believe you're watching this morning because the Holy Spirit wanted you to hear what I'm about to say. God loved you so much, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you. His son didn't stay dead, he rose again, and he's preparing a place in heaven for those who will place their faith in him. Jesus, while here on earth, says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He told his disciples as he ascended, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. You see, God loves you. Jesus died for you. And the heavenly father is willing to give you eternal life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse number nine, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, saved from eternal damnation to eternal life. Verse number 13, for whosoever, that means you, shall call upon the name of the Lord, that's him, shall be saved. This morning, would you take time to cry out before him? Would you take time this morning to place your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Would you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection? And would you put your faith in him and him alone? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's everything that he did for us. I pray that this morning you would make that decision. And for those Christians listening this morning, I pray this week, we would learn to exercise gratitude. Would we realize that gratitude, thankfulness, praise 
to God is essential in our lives. As the psalmist said, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Before we go this morning, I say let's take a time, just take a moment to share something we're grateful to the Lord for. If you're watching by way of Facebook this morning, would you take time even now to comment uh, in the section below and, and just mention something that you are thankful for today, something that God has done in your life that you could lift up and praise him for. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Stay tuned for a few more announcements, but let me close in prayer. Father, once again, thank you for your goodness to us. You are a wonderful God. You are an almighty God. You are a powerful God. You are a God of healing and a God of comfort, a God of love and grace and mercy. And Father, thank you for our present reality, all those things that we already know now that we can lift you up, that we can praise you for. And Father, I do pray from our church this week, you would hear our words of gratitude. Father, I pray many times this week I would come before you and thank you and praise you for your goodness in my life. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity to meet this morning, to open up your word. Thank you for your word. It's so wonderful for us today as believers. And Father, I pray that we take these truths with us today and we put them into practice. And Father, may we practice this essential part of our Christian walk, our Christian faith, that is gratitude. Well, thank you and praise you for the name of your son, Jesus. We ask these things, amen. Thank you for taking time to join us this morning. Sure do love you and appreciate you. Stay tuned for a few announcements.